Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Tolkien TV Talk, the podcast where we get hyped and keep you informed on everything you need to know about the upcoming Lord of the Rings Amazon series. I'm Tim, and with me today are two very special hosts. One comes from the land of the Shire, deep in his hobbit hole. It's Andrew. How are you today? I'm great, Tim. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks so much. And all the way on the vast fields of Rohan comes the marvelous bow. How are you today? I'm doing well, but I feel like we need to actually maybe like check like sizes here because I feel like I fall more in the Hobbit dwarf land rather than one one amongst the horse lords. <laughs> Look, we're all sh- we're all short here. There's really there's 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 nothing to. We're all hobbits. <laughs> we're all hobbits. Oh, we are in good company then. We're 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 all sitting in our homes talking about a book we read as opposed to like sharpening our sword or you know picking the grain out of the field or worrying about when you're going to get hit by an orc with a mace so <laughs> you know I, in all fairness we're all hobbits here so i've even uh, got my tea with me i'm just missing a pipe i am also drinking tea and my i can see my pipe on the shelf in the corner of my eye you have and a yes, pipe it's a long I have many. I have many pipes. I was about to say, when it comes down to it, look, guys, if you want to compare pipe uh, pipe collections, I think I got you beat. I do not disagree with that, considering that you have a uh, a pipe podcast, do you not? That's right. We actually, I'm I'm one of the hosts of Country Squire Radio, uh, a a major podcast when it comes to pipes and pipe tobacco. uh, Kind of the the not not the premier podcast, but definitely the uh, the number one podcast on the subject. And uh, yeah, I, I come with a lot of uh, uh, Tolkien esque uh, uh, listeners I know from Country Squire Radio who are going to be uh, checking out this podcast. And oh yeah, there's going to be some pipe talk from time to time. I got my church warden, or, or as the uh, the un- uninitiated <laughs> might call the the Hobbit esque uh, wizard pipe. Oh, that's yes. awesome! I'm so, I'm so glad that you're here. Um, so, Bo, let's stay on you for a second. Why don't Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? What What What's your history with Tolkien? Uh, what do you, What do you do? What other podcasts do you have? Let's t- tell me all about yourself. Oh well, let me go ahead and tell you something that uh, I love to get out of the way up front. I am super dyslexic, and the the reason why I like to bring that up is because when I think about like what my first. Uh, uh, you know, exposure to Lord of the Rings was, it was not a book so much as it was a book on tape. But, but you know, back in the day, this was like, you know, before the, the day of the iPad or the iPods and that sort of thing, uh, we, we actually subscribed to this book on tape service that came with this massive cassette player. And the cassettes, the books on tape would actually come in these little um, containers that actually look like microphone containers. And I remember when I was asked to read uh, The Hobbit for school and, uh, you know, really, really enjoyed it. And then when I actually, you know, sent away for The Lord of the Rings, instead of one cassette kit case, it was like nine cassette cases. <laughs> and I was nice. blown away. I was like, oh, man, we've, uh, we've, we've just kind of, you know, begun to look into the looking glass here. We, we didn't quite realize what we were going to get ourselves into. I had an oddly similar experience to that, Bo. So odd, because I'm also dyslexic. So, are you really? Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna have a lot Dude. of we're gonna have a lot of fun. 
Bo. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is just meant to be. This is meant to be. I will tell you about myself after Andrew tells us about his own self. Okay. Um, well, my own Tolkien experience. Oh, I guess I should say um, right up front, I am not dyslexic. Um, so I'm the odd man out <laughs> here. Someone can read. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so my first exposure to Tolkien um was in the early 2000s but it was not the films i sort of in 7th grade was uh assigned a book report uh for my english class and i said you know what i'm going to read the fellowship of the ring so that was my first exposure in uh, you know into the world of tolkien into middle earth and uh it's it was a very slippery slope because the first film came out, uh, I think it was that year or the year after it was very soon after that. Um, cause I remember the first copy I picked up was the paperback with, uh, Elijah Wood on the cover of, you know, with all the film promotion <laughs> I've yep. since, you know, I have too many copies of the Lord of the Rings. I'll be the first to admit it, but, um, uh, let alone all of the other Tolkien works. Um, but it sort of opened a wonderful door for me. And um, I sort of read and watched the films as they came out um, and kept reading. And I try to read The Lord of the Rings every year. Uh, it doesn't always end up finished by the end of the year, but it's... Uh, how, how, how very Christopher Lee of you. <laughs> well, I mean, if there's anyone who can be imitated, I'm happy to be following the great Christopher Lee. Um, in terms of my Tolkien knowledge, I hope I can even be worthy of stepping in his shadow in terms of that. He's kind of, or was kind of crazy with the amount that he knew. Well, also as we are all short and he was very tall, that's a really large shadow. (laughs) Um, so that's, that is great. And, uh, just, just about my, my own self. Um, actually before I do that, Bo, when did you first read? any of Tolkien stuff? Cause you said tapes. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Actually, I, I, as I was telling that story, it made me realize, man, I, I guess I'm getting kind of on up there. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't consider myself old, but you know, talking about even just the idea of, of cassette tapes of book books from that. <laughs> method. And then also, you know, uh, Andrew, of course you mentioned like, you know, your first, your first visual exposure being the uh, Peter Jackson films. For me, it was actually the old animated series. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, there was an animated Hobbit and then of course yep. the animated Lord of the Rings. And uh, just really, I remember going to friends' houses on weekends and, and popping in that uh, that movie and just you know being taken away to a magical land where uh, where hobbits were roaming around and uh, the dwarves were just you know n- not the not the heroic portrayal per se of the dwarves that you see in the you know first Hobbit movies of the Peter Jackson series, but a little bit more gruff and a little bit more you know pushing around very much more like like the books. Um, but, but to answer your question, I think actually the first time that I cracked open an actual physical book, the one, you know, the kind with paper and ink, uh, was probably actually the two towers. I think I, I listened to the fellowship of the ring on tape. And then after that, I actually picked up the two towers, started reading it and actually put it down specifically because of, you know, like I said, dyslexia. So it was just kind of a challenge to get through. And it wasn't actually until much later that I would go back and pick up The Hobbit 
which uh, is such an easy read. I mean, it is, you know, when you kind of compare the two, it, it, it's almost genre switching mm. uh, in terms of the approach of how the, the story is built and, and just how easy The Hobbit is to read and just how dense The Lord of the Rings is. And, uh, and yeah, so I think the first time that I really got drawn into the paper and the ink was really through The Hobbit more so than, than the, uh, the Two Towers. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's that's interesting. That's so what an interesting approach. What about the films? When did you see the did you see the films in theaters? I would like like anybody our oh, age. I would assume. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I remember the Christmas. I want to say it was Christmas that uh, around that time that the Fellowship of the Ring came out, and I was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, visiting my family, and uh, my grandfather all took us out. All of me and and my cousins that were actually in town, and um, yeah, <laughs> the funny thing is I come from like a big. Catholic family in Louisiana. Uh, so that's Catholic in Louisiana. And just to add on top of that, this is like a Brady Bunch situation. So I got cousins I don't even know about as part of this family. So, so when my, when my grandfather buys all the cousins tickets, that's, that's like taking out a mortgage. Like it's a, it's a big deal. And it's also like knocking out the entire theater for us to be able to take up and watch it. But one way or the other, um, I do remember just being just like, you know, it was almost like this reawakening, right? Like I remember reading uh, the books and listening to them on tape and, you know, watching the, the animated uh, uh, films. But man, there was just something in the way that Peter Jackson was able to portray everything in such a grand way that instantly sucked me in. Like I remember very specifically when, you know, fast forward to when The Hobbit came out, when I was going to see the Un An Unexpected Journey, like, you know, it's got its critics and, and you know, there, there's, you know, to be fair, there's some things that you can kind of criticize about about the Hobbit films versus the Lord of the Rings, Rings films. But I wasn't going into those movies to see the Hobbit. I just wanted to get back into Peter Jackson's mm -hmm. interpretation of Middle Earth. Same, and like, Bo, same. Absolutely. Dude, absolutely. Yes, sir. Oh, just like just to feel the atmosphere and you could almost smell the food and feel <laughs> the heat of the fire and like like the way that he's able to do that. And audio, by the way, is a huge aspect of that, like just the crackling of the fire mm -hmm. and the way that he pulls you in and makes it an experience. And that's the thing about all six of the films that he has produced is he takes what is already a very experiential novel and series and, and world and puts it into a whole nother layer and adds all this other depth to it and makes it such an amazing experience. So anyway, all that to say, like, you know, it may have started in the cassette tapes, but man, I have dived <laughs> head first and like surrounded myself and in, uh, in the full depth of this universe. That is, that's excellent. Um, Whew, that's great. So very briefly, me, since since uh, since I'm me, it's me. It's, it's Tim. I'm here, too. Um, and, uh, um, so I I first got exposed to Lord of the Rings also through audio, but it was the BBC radio drama that oh, yes. I was given as a gift, I think I want to say my mom picked it up from BJ's for me or something like that. <laughs> something really weird. And, uh, and it was, and she gave it to me, you know, and so Ian home plays Frodo and like, mm. it, and I just couldn't stop listening to it. I think I've actually listened to that more than I've read the book for whatever, you know, just because that was kind of in my blood when I was a kid. And then the movies were coming out and I was like, Oh, I need to read the, book before you know i need to read lord of the rings before the movie comes out and my english teacher i was in high school at the time and my english teacher 
um, did this thing like on double period. She'd be like, on half the period, bring like you're going to have a book to read. And I was like, a great opportunity to read Lord of the Rings. <laughs> um, and I had to fight her to take my book home. Be like, it's my book. I want to know what happens to Frodo, even though I already know what happens because of the radio drama. But I need to know what happens to Frodo. Let me take my own stupid book home. Um, and that, and so I was kind of reading. I was reading in conjunction with the way that the films were coming out um, or at least the fellowship. And then I had to read the Hobbit for school, um, you know, as most people do. And then, and now, um, and now I'm an English teacher and teach the Hobbit every year. So that's awesome. Paying it forward, (laughs) paying it forward. And so, and, and so just like you guys, I, there's something about this world that Tolkien has created. And we haven't really talked about any of his other works, um, you know, the similarity or anything like that. But mostly, and I want to get into, I think, why we're not talking about that kind of specifically, um, which we'll get it when we get into our news. But I'm, I'm a little more, I have more vested interest in The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings than I do in the rest of the world that he created in the first and second age, uh, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Um, Mostly that's probably because of the films um, or or just the, maybe the, it's a little easier to read Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit than anything else that, that, that Tolkien wrote. So, um, but getting actually right into the, getting right into the news, because I think this will tie into what I'm alluding to. Amazon commits to a multi-season Lord of the Rings TV show, right? It's signed on by HarperCollins. It's signed on by the Tolkien estate. Everybody's in it, and we're like, okay, here we go. Most expensive television show of all time. Let's do this. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so what Amazon has said is that they are exploring new timeline, uh, new storylines preceding Tolkien's Fellowship of the Ring. And so everyone went, wasn't well, that just The Hobbit? <laughs> That's well, but no, the Hobbit, the Hobbit is the thing that you're talking about. Um, and no, you're right. That's that's not it because he, the really important bit here is that when when Tolkien sold the rights in like '69 or whatever, whenever he sold them, that the the movie rights do include the tele, television rights, and it's Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit and nothing else, but. Mm. The appendices are part of Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. which very broad stroke touch on the first age, the second age, and everything in between. So technically speaking, Amazon can make whatever they want because all they have to pull from is the appendices. That's good. I mean, it's a large canvas when you really kind of consider which era they want to play in, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's it's you know you almost have to make the comparison to other established well thought out universes out there. You think of for example Star Wars. I mean you've got kind of the original trilogy, you've got the prequel trilogy, you've got the new trilogy, but you also I mean it expands out beyond that. Even before they kind of reset their universe, you had you know this this kind of concept of legacy three generations down the road, as well as the old Republic a thousand years before all the action from the movies. So I mean it was a very well sprawling universe with a lot of hands in the uh, in in the in the gumbo, so to speak, in, in that situation, or you know something like how uh, you know uh, you, you got to make the obvious uh, connection to Game of Thrones and what George R. R. Martin has done, and the way that he has told his story is kind of created multiple eras. 
in a very Tolkien inspired way so that the idea is that this is a universe that's very well thought out. Uh, the reason why he did that, the reason why you even had kind of the, the precursor to the story, the precursor to that story, the the ancient you know lore, the ancient history that goes beyond anything that anybody knows, whether or not it's fact or fiction. The reason he did that is because he was very much pulling specifically from Tolkien. So, you know, when you've got kind of a broad canvas like this, man, you, you, you kind of pull from uh, a lot of different aspects of what has been discussed and what could be discussed based on. Uh, the notes and the story points that we've gotten. Yeah, I mean, even if you just look at the appendices, um, they've got so much that ties in with the Silmarillion and um, the Children of Hurin and all sorts of other of the um, unfinished tales, etc. Um, even just in sort of almost outline form in some of the appendices, but uh, it's very much a broad strokes sort of look at these things, but, um, you've got so much to work from that you can really get some really fantastic stories and touching on the, you know, Game of Thrones connection, there are certain aspects where I would love to see in that direction, um, and then others not, we can talk about that a bit later perhaps, but, um, it's yeah, definitely, I would, like to, I, I would like to get to some speculation sections. So save your speculation to the end, please. Of course, I, of course. <laughs> well, I mean, but but from a from a business standpoint, in terms of kind of news and who owns the rights to what, I mean, this is a this is a huge play on Amazon's part, right? Because they're recognizing everybody seeing that you know Game of Thrones is coming to an end. There is about to be a significant hole, and of course, you know HBO has been discussing with you know the George R R Martin, and it's been, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, announced a one, if not two, potential spinoffs. But at the same time, you know. What is the one potential, potential Game of Thrones killer? It's anything related to Lord of the Rings because it's all that exact same kind of, you know, action, you know, kind of uh, uh, feel good points from that standpoint uh, in the in the fantasy genre. But with a, you know, a, a household name, there's nothing else out there and beyond Game of Thrones that actually can compete with that kind of recognizable uh, uh, name brand and an established fan base. And so I'm it I'm, hats off to Amazon. You know, it, it was worth every penny from my, from my standpoint. I, I agree. Um, the, Game of Thrones, it's important to remember that Game of Thrones wasn't a household name and they made it. Exactly. One. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Which is because, I mean, there are other fantasy shows on like the, the Shannara Chronicles is on MTV, maybe, um, or it was on MTV and I think it moved channels. But either way, like that's not a household name and in some ways continues not to be a household name. But but Lord of the, everybody, even if you've never seen a Lord of the Rings film. Or The Hobbit, or even Reddit. You know what it is. You've heard of yeah, it. exactly. You know, exactly. you know who Batman is, even if you've never read a comic book. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and... That, My two-year-old knows who Batman is. I don't know that she's ever actually seen anything, you know, any movie, comic book, or anything. But she was just telling me the other day, Daddy, you're a superhero. Okay, who am I? Batman. I was like, awesome, awesome. <laughs> how, do you know, how do you know who that is? You know, it, that's... It, it, it's almost like they're... It's like... In genetic makeup now, like okay, your kid's gonna have blonde hair and blue eyes. We'll check that off for you. He's gonna know who Batman is, right? And coming out of the wound, you know, we've got it all covered for you, you know. And that's what a what a world we live in. Um, 
Speaking of world that we that we live in, here here's a bit of news that I I didn't realize until I was actually putting the show notes together is that Christopher Tolkien, grandson of mm. of J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, stepped down as director of the Tolkien Estate. Ninety three years old, um, has has edited and finished writing any bit of unpublished Tolkien work that we've gotten to date, and no more. That's it. He's done. Uh, and he was pretty outspoken against the films, and you know they said they're they're not really, not really what Lord of the Rings is, that what he felt it is. And so I'm I'm curious, like I'm just curious how this all played out. Is it is his stepping down? Ha- is did he step down, and that's when Amazon jumped on this? You know, was he the thing holding back Lord of the Rings on television sooner? Discuss, <laughs> uh, Bo, take it away. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, to some extent, when you've got somebody who's a little bit more, you know, uh, beholden to a certain vision, they're, they're less likely to, to make these kind of – I mean, all right, so again, let's let's make the comparison to Star Wars, right? Like, you know, George Lucas, uh, like he was very specific about the stories that he wanted to tell, but the moment that he was able to sell the franchise, and people were like, oh, no, we recognize the power in this brand. We can actually you know, make some really, really you know, righteous content and make a lot of great money around it. Um, now, now we're getting you know, the, the new trilogy. Now we're getting you – know, um, uh, oh, shoot. Um, help me out here. Star Wars Stories. Just came out. Uh, Star Wars Stories, but the one that just came out of Rogue course one. is Miss- – Myth. Rogue One. Oh, all right. I thought you were talking yeah. books for a second, and I was like, I don't know, Myths of Luke Skywalker. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Just also, the no, no, no. <laughs> I know. Sorry. I want to backtrack for a second. I said Chris Tolkien was grandson. It's son. I messed up in my brain. Um, that, no, one, one, one look at him, and you recognize that he's way too old to be a grandson. But, but yeah, he's yeah, 93. That's, that's, he's 93. The math adds yeah, up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But but my point is that when you actually you know when when it does get past kind of the, when the torch does get past and, and people kind of recognize the desire that like no people people want more content it's you know it, it is there there is a lot of good to be said about wanting to tell a very specific story having a specific vision and keeping directly to that and there's nothing wrong with that but at the same time I do think there is almost like a kind of a, like almost a mental community ownership that comes from art like. For example, Star Wars belonged to George Lucas, right? But at the same time, the experience that we all had with Star Wars belonged to us. And so we all felt an ownership in that because of what an influential role it had to all of us. In the same way, Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, whichever, if not both, had very much, you know, there there was very much kind of an intention with what these stories were and what the family wanted those stories to be. But at the same time, we all had an experience with the Lord of the Rings. If I mean, everybody sitting here on mic, everyone that's tuning into this podcast, if you're tuning into a podcast about a Lord of the Rings inspired television series in 2017, 18, or whenever you're listening, I mean, the reality is, is that Lord of the Rings had a very important and specific impact on your life. It meant something to you. And so there is a sense of ownership that kind of comes along with that. And so being able to pass the torch to whomever uh, can kind of recognize that, no, there's there's people that want this. There's people that need this. Uh, and, and there's a lot of opportunities to create really, really great stuff around it and speak directly to the desires of those that have grown up and been inspired from the works that have come before. I think it's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, with no disrespect, understand, to, to Christopher Tolkien and, and the way that he's, he's handled business. I just say that, you know, new blood, 
it's 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 the right time for it and um yeah hopefully this this may usher in not just this new series but but maybe even more well thought out and and explorative narratives within this universe you can't see me but i'm <laughs> was, that was beautiful you, just, uh, yeah oh thank you thank yeah. you that was that was beautiful. Uh, i was just going to All say right. that i andrew, mean andrew what were you going to say the comparison to star wars is a apt one i think and even more so with the lord of the rings you have and you know the whole world that that implies um you have very much the idea of a very well constructed universe here i mean possibly more so than any fiction that preceded and much fiction that followed it jrr tolkien had a very ordered and uh, well organized vision for his world i mean that you you had whole histories and languages and uh, it was so beautifully constructed and so i can absolutely see um christopher tolkien's point of being very protective of the series and the estate being very protective of it and seeing that point of having you know sort of trying to get that exact vision right um but i absolutely agree that it's come to the point where it's extended beyond just the tolkien's it's entered into the culture i mean when you get to the point where high schools are having you know these books as required reading it's it's extended beyond just the initial um intent i think to a degree uh and, and that's certainly nothing to um diminish that intent whatsoever but um i agree that this is a absolutely amazing opportunity and a, a brilliant time um it should be a lot of fun to see what happens. Hopefully <laughs> it's going to be a blast. It's going to be a blast. Now I want to move into some speculation territory here. Gentlemen, I'm sure you Sorry. have no problem with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what do we want? <laughs> music. No, I don't know. I don't know where you're going. I, I don't know. I was hoping somebody would shout out. Uh, so um, I'm going to say what I want first because I'm selfish. Um, I want, I'll tell you what I want and what I don't want, and I'll see if you guys agree with me. Um, I want – I actually – if if this is supposed to take place in the same world as the films, I want music continuity. I want to hear some of these mm. themes uh, over again um, because the, like Star Wars, to go back to that comparison, I think the music – Howard Shore's music is so linked to these – films or to the to this franchise now and have a hard time separating myself out of it um so i want that i want mm-hmm. morally gray characters because uh, lord lord of the rings is sometimes filled with um these characters are good end of story these characters are bad end of story and even characters that um, and and there aren't there aren't a lot of there aren't a lot of in betweens, um, and I think those in between characters are sometimes what makes compelling television com- makes a compelling television narrative. Um, I don't want it for everybody. I don't need to see everybody morally gray, but I, I need to see the right characters morally gray. I need to see them be authentic to themselves. Um, I also want to see. I really want to see the politics of Middle Earth. Um, if this is a Game of Thrones replacement in some way, part of the fun of Game of Thrones is the interplay in the politics of the throne. Mm-hmm. And so I would really like to see that. What I don't want to see, 
I don't want to see inauthentic characters to the source material. I don't want to see like an Aragorn show running around and he's doing a bunch of stuff that you would never expect Aragorn to do. That's I don't want that. Um, I don't want. I don't think anybody wants it to look, even Amazon. I don't want it to look cheap. You know, um, I don't want. <laughs> You know, <laughs> with the price they paid, man, it's it, not going to look cheap. <laughs> that's what I mean. You know, you never know. You worry about these things, but you never know. Um, I worry about these things. And yeah. honest, what I think is important, I don't want I don't want it sexy. I don't want sexy Lord of the Rings. I don't need like I don't need like the Hobbit brothel or, you know, like the. Oh, no, no you know, no, no. I don't you know, the the seedy underside of Gondor. Like, I don't need that. That's not Lord of the Rings. You know, uh, and that's that's kind of where fan is, that's where Game of Thrones got its audience. It didn't have to keep that to keep the audience, but that's how they got it. Um, and so I just don't want Amazon to be like, oh, that's what makes that show good. That's what we'll do for Lord of the Rings. I'd be, v- but because the Tolkien estate signed off on it, I'm not super worried about it. I'm just that's my. Those are my things. So to recap, I want I want music continuity. I want morally gray characters to follow along to. I want the politics of Middle Earth, and I do not want weird changes to characters. I do not want it to look cheap, and I do not want sex. Andrew, what do you think? Um, well, obviously, I 100% agree with the music. Um, I mean, I think it would be, you know, in the Full ideal. Disclosure, per- Andrew's a music teacher. So, <laughs> Andrew has strong feelings about music. I have very strong feelings about music. Um, I feel like in the ideal perfect world, you'd have Howard Shore. But uh, that's obviously not necessarily going to happen. But certainly, I would like to see some of the themes, leitmotifs come back um, when applicable, of course. Um, so, you know a scene set in the Shire, we might want to hear some of the Shire type music, but certainly thematically the music should feel, you know, there should be continuity, as you said. Um, and as for morally great characters and politics, even if you're just looking at the appendices, you've got, you know, the Numenorian Kings, you've got the, uh, uh, Baron and Luthien, you've got all sorts of really fantastic stories where you can get a lot of that complexity and um, intrigue that you're looking for there. And I really think there's a huge opportunity for some fantastic, fantastic television um, that can really capture that same sort of, perhaps not the same, but a similar sort of feel that you would get in, say, Game of Thrones, where you've got that intrigue and fantastic writing and, you know, characters that are more than just, this is the good guy, that's the bad guy, which I agree is a sort of trope that the Lord of the Rings characters tend to fall into. Um, not that I don't love them anyway, but, you know, it's still got that same sort of thing. Um, but I absolutely agree with your don't wants as well, that you have, you, we want the characters to be authentic to the source material. So you can explore that moral gray area Again, with some characters, not you don't want all of them to be that way because then that just gets as boring as if you have everyone being firmly on one side or the other. Um, and I agree that I don't think that cheapness should be an issue given <laughs> the, the uh, money spent. But um, as for the third, yeah, no, we, we don't need Brothel Lord of the Rings. <laughs> um, I, I don't think it's necessary. And I do agree that it has its place 
per se in Game of Thrones, but one of the nice things about the Lord of the Rings is that it's something that you could say, take your family to the theater to see those films when they came out. Um, it There's something to be said for fantasy that can draw multiple generations at the same time. Um, you know, so you could say, oh, let's sit down as a family and watch the Lord of the Rings TV show. We've got it on Amazon. That would be absolutely fantastic. Um, and it's something, I mean, I know that the Lord of the Rings was influential for me in drawing me into fantasy. I mean, that and Harry Potter were around, you know, similar times. Harry Potter a little earlier for me, but, um, for these kind of things to draw me into an entire genre, um, which then ended up including the Game of Thrones show and the books, um, I think it's something that would be instrumental for future generations to have, or, you know, for the current young generation to have this as an introduction point. Um, I think that's a good thing that should be around. Good. Good. Bo. Yeah, man. Um, y- you mentioned some great things. I'll, I'll kind of touch on those and then also kind of add a few more, uh, music. Absolutely. If there's, if there's a little bit of continuity, I'm, I'm good, but at the same time, I would love to see some new music as well. The, oh, uh, the, I, I the want sh- new music. I just want continuity. Yo, absolutely. There's, yeah, I mean, th- there's that, there's there's that instantly recognizable kind of Shire theme, and and anybody that that's grown up in the church recognizes it instantly because it shares the exact same opening bars as a hymn called "This Is My Father's World," and like I cannot. Dude, oh every God, single time I hear that song, I'm just, this is my father. Like, it's the exact same. It's the exact same music. But no, overall, yeah, there's there, there's that cinematic quality that you want to make sure is, is continued throughout. Uh, morally great characters, absolutely. Although I do think that this, this series has always done very well at it. Uh, really leaning into, and not even just leaning into, but establishing archetypes. That's something that Tolkien uh, has done from the yes. get-go. Everybody pulls from him for that mm-hmm. reason. Politics, you mentioned that. Of course, you know, there's there's a right way and a wrong way to do politics. Right way, Game of Thrones. Wrong way, Star Wars. Uh, the prequels, I think, the problem <laughs> is the politics that they've done in, uh, in Star Wars is very much kind of convoluted. When everybody looks exactly the same, they're all wearing the exact same clothes. They're all from a lot of different planets you've never heard of. It gets really kind of convoluted. What Game of Thrones did really well is they took something very intricate and made it very simple. Uh, there is something to be said about having like, oh, wolves and lions, red and white, like these very just like bold iconography to help you kind of align what's going on with, okay, this land is being taken here and that sort of thing. There is a, I mean, like as as smart as it is, the reason it's so smart is because it is to some extent dumbed down. And I mean that in a very good way. And so if they go that route with with the series, I'd love to see them kind of adapt what has worked with shows like Game of Thrones and, and making it a little bit more clear in and thus more interesting in terms of the politics. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll just kind of jump to the last one you mentioned in terms of, you know, the, the, the R rating kind of uh, doing kind of uh, a sexy Lord of the Rings. You know, the reason that works with Game of Thrones is because it's true to the source material. The reason why Deadpool was such a major success is not because, oh, yay, superheroes and R rating works. No, it's because that's true to the source material. And so I think what really needs to happen here is that, you know, you can do some things in the fringes of the of the franchise and of the universe, but it has to be true to the source material, like tonally. It has to match up. So as long as they are, are matching up and aligning with that source material, that's what's going to work. And so 
hopefully Amazon and the people that are creating the show are, are you know in love with the source material, and so they'll they'll know the right notes to hit on, and not just say, oh, let's go make a Game of Thrones, but then slap Lord of the Rings on it. They're not. I, I just I don't believe that they would spend all this money and do that. Uh, somebody somebody somewhere knows that that's not the right way to go. But in terms of what else, man, I'd love to see. You know, look. I love uh, popping in. Actually, I did it earlier today. Um, uh, the the first Hobbit movie, and just watching the scene where they're eating food and singing songs and smoking pipes. Like, I want that very like uh, uh, tactile experience. I want there mm-hmm. to be scenes where people are eating food, having some you know high concept discussions and telling amazing stories, and doing so you know with a pipe. I want to make sure that we actually get pipes and pipe tobacco. You know, I'm, I've got a pipe. And Pipe Tobacco Podcast, Country Squire Radio, you know, that's something that obviously I'm very passionate about, but but there is something unique in the way that, you know, when characters take the time out, pack a pipe, you know, they're they're telling a story. They're spending time with one another. It's a great moment to slow things down. And so that's something I want to see. I want to see, of course, a lot of great action. But I want to see those slow moments when characters just sit down with one another around the fire and share those stories and share, you know, these great mythical tales, whether or not they're true or whether or not they're just, you know, uh, that that em- embellished history. Uh, that's what I want to see out of this. So as long as it's hitting the tone of the the books, the the, the novels, the the films, even even the animated series, uh, as long as it's kind of tapping into all of that and and really doing what all of those have done very well. Then I'm there, man. I'm so there for this. And uh, last thing I'll throw in here, Tom Bombadil, man. We got to see some Tom Bombadil. We got to see Tom Bombadil. <laughs> we oh no, actually, you know what I really want to see? I want to see Farmer Maggot. I have for whatever <laughs> reason I really like Farmer Maggot <laughs> or the Barrow Downs. We got to see some bear. Oh, there's oh, we oh yeah. see some stuff. Here's I'm the reality, so man. Like we we're, we're looking at uh, a long time until we actually see this this series, you know, uh, come come to full fruition, mm-hmm. and so. You know, I think that you know during that time we've got a lot of uh, a lot of opportunities as a podcast to explore some different things. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to pitch this to you right now, Tim. We've got to at least have an episode sometime in the future where we each take a character and we do a deep lore dive into who they are and why they need to appear on the series. Uh, I can 100 percent do that right now. And here's my binder, page one. <laughs> no, no, no. We don't have the time. We don't have the time. No. <laughs> um, I, I, I would also love if, oh God, if I can find it. So, did, did either of you ever play the Lord of the Rings video game? Which the one? PC game. So it's like you're gonna need to narrow is, that down. It is. It is only the Fellowship of the Ring. And it is not based on the films, but it came out around the time of Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, then I. Don't think oh. I played that one. You play as Frodo, you play as Aragorn, and you play as Gandalf. And, like, you meet Tom Bombadil, and you get trapped in the trees, and it's like, oh, it is it is magical, and it, and it is, I got, I got to find it, and, and I will make you play it um, some, <laughs> Dude, somehow. Are you kidding me? Right now, like, I just, uh, a couple days ago, I was, I've been so stoked about this that I, I logged into my uh, World of Warcraft account and created a gnome called Wilbo Wagons, who's <laughs> <laughs> been rolling around, and I very intentionally, I'm like, you know what? This, this little character, I, I logged him into an RP server and everything. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to be the hero adventurer. I'm just going to sit around and cook, and uh, maybe maybe if somebody happens to rope me into adventure, cool. I'll get a glowing blue sword at that point. But, uh, yeah, Wilbo Waggons rolling around for, <laughs> for for that video game fix for me at the moment. <laughs> That's insane. I love that. I love that. 
That's Look, awesome. my my love of this goes deep. I've got a I've got a Lord of the Rings tattoo on my under on my uh, left bicep. Yes, yeah, son. Yes, yeah, the One Ring with Erebor and Smaug in the middle of it. So it's a, it's good stuff. Um, we're gonna wrap it up. We're gonna wrap it up here. We will be back for more episodes. So watch for those in the future. Um. Bo, I would like you to I would like you to plug yourself away before we before we go. Oh, absolutely, man. So, of course, I've already mentioned Country Squire Radio is a, a podcast we do about pipes of pipe tobacco. If that's something that uh, interests you and you are of age, uh, be sure to check that out. CountrySquireRadio.com. Also, you know, in the TV talking uh, genre, man, we've got a, a podcast called Flash TV Talk dedicated to the CW's show, The Flash. So, if you're interested in what I sound like when I'm reviewing an actual television show that is actually a production or, or rather actually live, uh, be sure to check that out, flashtvtalk.com. And also you can just follow me um, on Twitter at the real Bo York. I spell my name a little weird. It's B-E-A-U, at the real Bo York. Uh, man, that's the, that's the French Cajun spelling. You know, we're, we're, we're down mm-hmm. here at the, uh, in the southeast. <laughs> I got that Louisiana family I told you about, so that's how we spell oh, it. Oh, I'm also here. French, so I, I'm 100% on board for your French spelling. Right on. Yeah. Uh, very good. Thank you for that. Andrew, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Schmandrew. That's S-C-H-M-A-N-D-R-E-W. Um, that's where I mostly am, so you can <laughs> find me there. Um, I don't really have anything else to plug at this point. but That's okay. That's fabulous. And you can <laughs> find me on Twitter at TimothyPG13. Um, you can also check out all other Thought Bubble Audio shows at ThoughtBubbleAudio.com, including Supergirl TV Talk, which is just like Flash TV Talk, but with Supergirl. Uh, you can check out Beer with Geeks. You can check out Hate Watch with us. You can check out Academy Rewind. You can check out a whole slew of other stuff. So, And finally, you can also check out TolkienTVTalk.com. And Bo, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, TolkienTVTalk.com is the place that you will be able to go to uh, get get uh, refreshed episodes and more information as we get closer to the show. But for now, it's probably going to take you to our Twitter handle, which is Twitter.com slash TolkienTVTalk. That is all good. All right. Well, you know how to find us individually and on the show. We hope you enjoyed listening. We are excited. We hope you're excited. And so until next time, I say it's goodbye from Andrew. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Bo. So long. And it's goodbye from me. Until next time. Fly, you fools. <laughs>